Hey guys, welcome back to the Life Well Done podcast. Have you ever thought about wanting to do something but for some reason you're held back or have this frustration built into you about why you're not doing things or why you're not amounting to things or maybe you don't feel like you're good enough or whatever that excuse may be? Well, today's guest may actually help you out with that. Rob Scott joins me. He's a mindset coach, but that's kind of just a label we're going to give him. Rob works way deeper than that. And in today's episode, Rob calls me out for several things, which is awesome. A great way for me to learn, but also be a great example of where we can shift our mind and our self-talk to really figure out where we want to go next. Rob talks a lot about how we view ourselves or our lives through lenses. Um, He goes way super deep into this thing, and I'm sure he could go way deeper with with what he does on his end. Um, but today, today's episode could be life-changing for you or at least open that door for you to start seeking out what may change your life and your thinking. Uh, Rob was a terrific guest. I'd love to have him back on, um, but you need to check out his stuff. You can find him on Instagram at real, at realrobscott or uh, robscott.com. Um, he's got masterminds. He's got subscriptions. Uh, all of great benefit, and you can definitely get something out of what he posts on the social media pages. Uh, let me know what you think about this. And as always, if you're listening to this, press pause, rate, share, post a comment, like, subscribe, whatever you got to do on the platform that you're using. It greatly is appreciated. It's greatly appreciated, um, but also helps us spread this information out. And especially in this time, I think we all can take that deep look inward. Uh, let me know what you think about the episode and uh, enjoy. Cool. Now we're recording. Sweet. So Rob Scott, man. Uh, we were just talking a little bit. Well, welcome to the Life Well Done podcast. This has been a few years in the making of, kind right. of going back and forth. Um, we're going to jump right into this thing, and I'm going to hand it over to you. Introduce yourself. Give us that, that, that view of who you are, how you got to where you are, and then we're going we're gonna to unleash some fury today. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, Brian, for letting me be here. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, do you want just like a big, long story about me? Like whatever, Anything you want, man. Whatever it is. Well, I mean, all I really want is, hi, I'm Rob. You know, that's, that's it. Good perfect, perfect. Yeah, I, right? I, probably, I, I hope I can help you with a couple of things, maybe, you know, like whatever. That'd be great. Uh, no, but I'm happy to tell you more about uh, my journey yeah. and stuff if you want. Yeah, so so the funny thing about us is that I reached out. We were just talking about this. I think I reached out to you when I was living in Colorado a couple of years ago. Um, and at that time, you were living in Michigan, right near where I grew up. And it was like, oh, maybe at some point we'll connect there. And then yeah. what life happens. and. I got married, moved over to New Jersey, southeast side of Jersey, and now we're talking. I'm like, are you in Philly now? So we've been in this like far but close proximity this whole time, totally, which is great. Yeah. Um, but I know that you are heavily focused on mindset and shifting people's mindsets, and and I'm not trying to be ignorant. I, I don't know exactly what to use, what verbiage to use for it, but I know that the mindset really is everything to you, and, and that's kind of how I've built. Um, I always say like in strength, conditioning, nutrition, I love teaching those things. I love helping people, but I really love connecting with those people. Mm-hmm. So tell, tell me and us, whoever's listening, um, how you got to, to Philadelphia today in terms of maybe just your career, what you're doing and, and what really drove you to do what you're doing right now. Yeah, for sure. So uh, what's funny, just a, a little caveat before I dive into some of that. Um, mindset is crucial and I'm talking about it almost all the time, but it's, it's not only mindset. We also want to actually change our behaviors. We actually want new habits. We actually want to get past 
things like anxiety and depression and deep emotional disturbances as well, right? And so some of the fastest path to that is some pretty incredible mindset work that you can do, uh, but there are other parts to it as well. So it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more complete than that. Uh, I usually wrap that up into what I call identity shifting, which, uh, which is a great pointer because you're at the center of not only all your desires, but you're also the common denominator to all your problems, right? And so another way to think about it is that profound change is going to require you to change, right? So you could hand me the best diet plan in the world. The diet plan isn't the thing that's going to change me. I have to change me. I have to be able to apply. I have to be the kind of person that can apply that change and that requires a change in me, right? Sure. It, does, it doesn't mean the diet plan doesn't matter. It absolutely matters. But I have to, if I keep my same thinking, my same emotions, my same behaviors, my same mindsets, you could give me the best plan in the world, but I'm still going to show up as the same guy. Right. So, yeah, there's some, some root in there that we've got to yeah. either take out or replace or whatever. Yeah. Might be, and so. So, so not to get too teachy, because I know you want uh, a little bit about my story, which I promise I'll do. But, you know, at the center of that, along with mindset is, you know, Step one is we need a little bit of uh, self-mastery. And when I, when I say that, and when I talk about these, I try not to say that I'm gonna, this is going to be the forever definition of what self-mastery means, because each of these terms that I might use here uh, are uh, debatable about what they actually mean, and what's that word, and what are you talking about? Because I'm going to say actualize and transcend, and these words, like, what do they mean? All I want to do is come up with pointers so that we kind of get what I'm talking about, right? Sure. So, I think about three levels of this. You need some form of self-mastery, okay? And, and by the way, you don't need perfection in any of these. Like any little bit more of self-mastery is really, really helpful and is, yeah. is, is great. A lot more of it is like exponentially more helpful. So it's, it's a very powerful thing to start playing with. But you, and what self-mastery really looks like is, can you resist an impulse in this moment to do a more important thing, right? Do you have some mastery over what your mindsets are? Can you shift a mindset? Or are you just a victim to them? Are you a victim of being lazy forever? Or do you have some ability to kind of like, you know, have agency in your life and do the things that matter? So if we talk about that in, in all the directions that that could go, that we might call self-mastery in some way, right? Or, or, or building in more and more self-mastery. Now, we don't just want self-mastery for self-mastery's sake. We actually want it so that we can actualize in the areas that matter to us. So we need some form of self-actualization so that we can apply that to build the big business that we want. And, you know, if it's, if it's strength gains, you know, show up with the determination and the self-mastery that it takes to actualize across some skill that really matters to us or whatever. And then the deeper one that gets weirder is we actually need to transcend self in a meaningful way. Uh, and, and that sounds very otherworldly or spiritual or difficult. But what we're talking about is that you're not the whole game, right? Your ego is not the whole thing. It's a huge, huge, huge part of you, but you're also a part of, like in your case, a marriage. We're also a part of society. And if we can't meaningfully kind of put ourselves down to be in a task, or we can't put ourselves down to be in a relationship, if we can't get, then we're just endlessly narcissistic and it's all about us all the time and I'm working on my mindsets all the time. So that triad of mastery, actualization, and transcendence is like a meaningful, like a a powerfully and and meaningful change uh, in really who you are, right? So you come up the other end of that different. They had layers there. It's, um, it makes total sense. And I Mm -hmm. I mean, like, it's always funny how like the, the simplest things are usually the most like, challenging to take on because yeah. it's like, Oh, it's, it's right there in front of you. It, it, this, you laying it out like that is exactly how we would lay it out in, in the gym, strength conditioning. Like 
you've got to be able to do this and then we can go. It doesn't, no, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's got to be enough to like be able to stand on for a second and then take on the next thing. But we never ignore the, right. the route. We got to, we have to keep working at self mastery so that we can continually get the actualization. Yeah, and keep nothing, else, nothing else is going to work if you don't have some degree of that. And I mean, that really in the moment looks like I've decided to feed myself this way. I don't know why I keep coming back to food in this moment, but like, you know, I've decided to feed myself. <laughs> this way. I've got this diet. I, yeah, right, I think I am actually. Um, and, and can I resist the impulse, right? Because if I can't resist the impulse, that leads to just like being addicted. Like if I can't resist the drug or the drink or the scrolling of my phone, then I'm captured by some habit or behavior and I have no sense of self mastery or control to do what matters to me. Right. And so, um, I, I want to honor what the original question was, which was like, sure. how did I get into this? You know, I, I talk about a lot of these things and people, you know, I don't want to assume what people might think about me, but one assumption might be like, wow, this guy's, uh, you know, got his stuff together and this is, he knows a lot about this and that's great. He must've had a really nice life. And, uh, <laughs> and in, in actuality, what's true is I was horribly dysfunctional, like just like, at, you know, pretty much as bad as it can get. And so as a really young guy, I went through a lot of abuse that was, uh, really gross and difficult and hard to survive that I started to use drugs and alcohol at like an obscenely early age like just yeah. really really way too young and I don't want to just keep talking did you have no, no I was just oh. saying, I, I I mean whatever you're comfortable opening up I've heard you talk about these few things yeah and if you if you're comfortable taking it you can go as deep as you want on this mm. stuff so um yeah so, so I had yeah I, mean, I had I had a family life that was like you know, the pretty standard difficult things like parents that ended up in divorce and, and all this stuff and step parents and stepbrothers and sisters and all that. But what was going on in the background was I had a, I had a babysitter um, that was uh, really horribly and pretty violently raping me for years. Wow. And so this wasn't like one experience where it was really tough and it, it shattered my world. It was consistent and persistent for years. So it went on from at the age of around three or so to the age of like eight or nine. Wow. So, um, and it, it just was really, really difficult. And so psychologically and emotionally, I just didn't have core important things like trust and, you know, love and self-love and, uh, you know, uh, excitement about the future, any of those things. Like it was really a, a stunting of my growth, right? And then to survive that, I, I beat myself up even more because I started to use addiction, which we should say as a quick aside is quite often like self-medication, right? Sure. Uh, for some people it's just, I party too much or whatever, but some people are truly trying to deal with the demons because they can't, it's, it's, they don't have the tools or they don't know how, or they can't feel what they're feeling. So that is a solution to feel differently, right? I, I have to feel differently. I have to get outside myself because I hate myself. I hate my life. I hate my whole situation. Yeah. And so yeah. for me, that's what, you know, happened. And so I ended up in my late teens and into my twenties, really dysfunctional, addicted to very, very heavy drugs, you know, all the bad stuff that you can imagine. I was in and out of rehabs and halfway houses and jails and all the institutions, just all the things, right? Um, I ended up, you know, getting beat up by the cops, uh, you know, not once, but multiple times. One was really bad. I mean, just really, really bad. I ended up uh, disarming a police officer. I broke his hand in the process. And, uh, when the rest of the police showed up, it was a very bad situation for a very long time. They were, they were, uh, we'll just say nicely. They were very mean to me. Um, it was, <laughs> it was, enough. it was real bad. And so then I was homeless. Um, I mean, I was homeless in that because that happened because I was sleeping in a car. Um, 
you know, then uh, I, en I end up homeless and just deeply, deeply dysfunctional. And so my, my business is called Fundamental Shift because what happened to me was I really had this incredibly profound wake-up experience. Um, I, you know, and, and it, I don't want anything to ever be woo-woo because it's, it's, that just makes people roll their eyes and sort of check out. Hey, I'm, I'm full yeah. on into the woo-woo stuff. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I want to, I like, I believe it to a point. I'm always, I, my, my whole thing in like life is always like challenge things enough that like you can start to understand it, but sure. I'm totally like, my, we, we got the checks written on our mirror. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, what's the harm in even trying? Like if you try sure. it, it doesn't work. There's no harm. Don't well, let's, let's say it this way. This doesn't have to be woo because it was really tangible. And so I don't yeah. want, I don't want to mistake it for just jumping to something that has no basis. Right. So sure. So I think what happened to me then was I really transcended self in a deeply meaningful way. And so what I mean by that is I very much objectified myself and could see a bunch more of the processes that had been very unconscious to me before. So I could see this sense of victim that I was carrying. And um, I, have a, I have a thing where I talk about lenses and maybe I can explain that in a minute because it, it's it. helpful to yeah. understand this stuff. Um, but a lot of things that are in your unconscious affect you in ways that you feel like they're true even when they're not true, okay? So um, I am a victim, had very good evidence, right? Like I had been a victim very often, but if I carry into this moment the identity of I am a victim, then my whole system is set up to look for that, subconsciously recreate that, right? I have to like, that's, that's the thing that I'm looking for in the world because we're trying to, uh, as a cognitive bias, make our own beliefs true. So I saw in that moment this how, uh, and I saw a lot of other things too, but one of the most meaningful was if I were to put down this aspect of myself, what would that look like? What if I just wipe the slate clean? And, and you know, today I'm now stuffing actually really very highly useful things in, but I was just like, what if I just wipe the slate clean and just was like, hey, I'll just be a person, a whole new person. Like, what does that look like, right? And uh, I literally went from being homeless to being vice president of technology in just a handful of years. Like I started to get incredible results in all these directions. And it was a, a profound change to say the least. What's challenging though, is in the middle of that, I got really sick with cancer. So I almost died from cancer in the middle of that kind of rebuilding of my life. So I had to do- See, I, did not, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I had to do wow. all this chemotherapy and all this other stuff. And um, you know, that put me into more debt and just, it, you know, it was just sort of challenge, 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 challenge. So let's get past that. I end up at this job and people that know my story, that know me personally are going, when are you going to write the book? Like this is, <laughs> this is a big story. And I'm, so I'm, I'm whatever I am in the corporate world, I'm doing well. I own a house in a beautiful neighborhood and I've got a great girlfriend and she's an amazing person and every, everything's really, really good. And yet there's something in me that is like, this is, I'm not helping. Like the work that I was doing was not purpose-driven work that was meaningful enough for me. It was great work. It was maybe one of the funnest jobs. It was in Philadelphia at the time. One of the funnest, best, smartest people, all that stuff. But the purpose of the job was like marketing and advertising, which is, again, nothing against that. That's an important uh, uh, field maybe. But I was like, how do I help people? So in 2005, at the very beginning of podcast, I put out a podcast and uh, just started sharing some of these things about how do you evolve your consciousness? How do you, what is meditation? What is NLP? What, how do we get rid of limiting beliefs? Like what are these things that had really, really worked for me and how would I teach them? And so I, this is part of why I didn't want to, it's not that I don't want to share these things. It's just such a long story and I, it's, it's so much to kind of take in. Um, but 
I was lucky enough that people all over the world started asking me for coaching. And I didn't even know what coaching was really as a profession. Um, but people were like, what's it cost to work with you? Uh, could I have a call? I'll pay you money. You know, it was that kind of stuff. They wanted to talk about their problems with me and all that. So I ended up mentioning it to a friend and uh, he was like, I would hire you right now. And I was like, really? He's like, I've been listening to your podcast. I see your transformation. I want to work with you. And because I love this guy, I was like, I'll work with you. And he was a business owner. <clears throat> and he also had a lot of personal problems and very, very rapidly he made these big changes. But what happened in me was I realized that I had always been coaching people. Like even as a little dysfunctional kid, I was trying to help my parents see things differently. I was talking to kids at school, like, well, what if you try to do it this way? Like it was, it was sort of a innate thing that I then used really profoundly in my own life. And, and I was hooked immediately. So I ended up immediately leaving the corporate world, taking a pretty nice exit from that situation and then having the space. And this guy was a connector. So he like filled my coaching practice. He would like told everybody at his business, he's like, you got to work with this guy, got to work with this guy. And then it's sort of just been going from there. So I've been doing it, I don't know, 14 or 15, whatever it is now, years. And I, I, I don't think there's anything more meaningful that I could be doing. I really do think this is a core solution. Uh, and I'll just say a really big claim this is not only the core solution at the individual level, this is what we need to do to change society. Like we actually need to build the, the ability to change the world. And um, so I'm just going to spend my life working on this so that we can change the world by changing people. I love it, dude. You, uh, I think one of the reasons that I probably, I, we talked about this right before we press a chord. There's something about, I don't know if it's the way you speak. It may be, I mean, a lot of it is what you speak on, but it feels like you're like, this is the first conversation we've had where I get to see your face. Like we've, we've yeah. taxed or whatever. Fine. But like, there's always this feeling of like, every time you post, I'm like, ah, this guy's literally speaking to me right now. This is kind of crazy. Uh, it, it's, it's fascinating to me. I'm, I'm first of all, I think, I don't know how to like, congratulations on and putting yourself into a better life. Thank right? you. Right. Cause I mean, like, yeah. you know, you kind of just brought it up. What's going on in the world. There's, there's a lot of tragedy in the world right now. And, you know, I just had, I had a buddy of mine on the, the most recent uh, episode um, and just, there's a lot going on, but at the end of the day, it really does start with us and, and yourself and what's really, you're not that angry at everybody else. Now you may have anger towards other people, but that anger only grows because of your anger with self or whatever may be driving on the inside. So I think intuitively, I've always kind of thought about that. I've never been really the most present person, you know, when yeah. Uh, people talk about childhood. I'm like, I don't remember that. Or mm. I remember only parts of this. And I'm like, I, I don't, why don't I remember these certain parts of the experience? But I'm also one of the most like, in, in, I think I'm a pretty observant person where I see mm. things. And I'm like, do you guys notice that? And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, how did you not yeah. pick up on that? You know? So it's just really like, man, I'm just hyper-focused. I never took that frame out to, to really pay attention. But uh, when you, you just telling that story has me connected on, uh, probably a hundred different levels with you. Um, I always struggle to say that I was addicted. Um, I, I abused pills. So I went mm -hmm. through um, a phase when I ended playing hockey in college, I started using pills on and off. Uh, and mostly it was like, I used pills to try and end my life. Mm -hmm. um, so I really struggle with what's my purpose. Am I good enough? And all these things. And these are all things I've got written down here. So I've heard you talk on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really did go through that deep, dark place, but now at 30, almost 31 years old, 
I still struggle with a lot of those things. There's still mm-hmm. a lot of things holding me back, but not, I'm not good enough. My body image, all these things. Yeah. But I couldn't go backwards and go, what's changed for you? What, what have I done to change between 20 and 30? Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you like, oh, this is it. I feel like I can coach people. You know, I think my wife probably hates me sometimes. She says something like, hey, have you just, yeah. you're thinking like that. And it's annoying because it sounds like I'm lecturing you. I'm like, ah, I'm just telling you what I need to hear right mm-hmm. now, but it's useful for you. Yeah. So to me, like when you start saying those things, I feel I mean, you're, you, your story just energized the hell out of me. So I'm like, oh, sweet. Somebody to talk to about these things. When you say you changed lenses and you made this fundamental shift, how did you do that? You know, like, how did you actually make the shift? What is the, is there a process? You know, if you were, if someone yeah. were to say, Rob, uh, I got, I got 10 days to do this. You'd be like, here, day one, day two, you know, is there a process like that? Obviously it's not so, it, it, there's more fluidity. There's gotta be more flexibility to it because it's not a vacuum, but what does that process look like? No, 100% there's a process. I mean, that is, that is quite literally what I've been building this whole time, right? So this is, um, I saw something really unique about what it takes to change a human being. And uh, it is very much broken down and it has been put into a process. And I, I mean, this is literally what I do in my, in my uh, ISM course, which is Identity Shifting Mastermind. We, we get together as a small group of people and we, we go through this one step at a time, right? And so uh, awesome. you, mentioned, you mentioned lenses, I mentioned lenses. Let's, let's talk about that because it's a, it's a great place to start, right? It's, it's, it's not the only thing, but it's a, it's a major thing. Um, just to give everybody who doesn't have any idea what we might be talking about, we'll break it down really quick. Um, uh, lenses have two key features to them. Most of us are only thinking about one of them. And, and the second one is actually kind of the important one uh, for the metaphor that I'm going to use it for. So if you think about a lens, quite literally like my glasses or contact lenses, uh, if you don't wear those, maybe you've looked through a micros- uh, microscope or a telescope, right? The, the, literally the glass, the lens, the function of it, the first function of it is that it alters what we see, right? That is what it does. And it may alter in a way that's helpful, might make something closer, farther away, might make it more clear. I wear glasses and they work amazingly well. Um, but if I were to just randomly put on any old lenses, it's not guaranteed they're going to help me. They might be hurting okay. my, my vision quite a bit. Um, so the second function of a lens that's deeply important that people need to get is that they're built to be invisible. They are not built to be looked at. They're built to be looked through. Okay. And so a contact lens is uh, maybe a better thing to think about because once that's in, it's entirely possible that you could forget that you have it in, right? And I don't wear contacts that often, so I don't really know that. But let's just assume that you could really alter your sight and then kind of forget that you have them in. Maybe it's like LASIK or whatever, right? Well, what people need to understand about their own thinking and their own beliefs uh, about reality, about themselves, and I don't mean religious beliefs. Uh, I mean, you know, am I a good person? Am I capable yeah. of this? What can I do? So when we think about limiting beliefs, like what those are doing is you have lenses on that are altering how you see the world and they are built to be invisible to you. And so if you've taken on things like, I'm not enough, I'll never make this kind of money, um, I'm not good looking enough for that person, whatever, 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 you end, yes, up with, yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> you end up with these limiting beliefs that are altering how you see, they're ultimately changing your behavior, they're changing what you think, how you feel, right? They're, you know, if you feel like I'm not enough and you go into a situation, are you going to feel more anxious or are you going to feel comfortable? Um, 
you think you're going to take an action? Like, let me go up to that really popular person and meet them and get them in my life. Or are you going to avoid them and sit in the corner? Right. Are you, are you going to uh, think thoughts like this is amazing. I'm having fun. Or are you going to think thoughts like this is the worst. I want to get out of here. Right. All so right. it's literally affecting every dimension of you just by having this lens. And yet it's built to be invisible. And what that means in the lens space or in the belief space is you think it's true. You just think it's true. Right. So I thought I was a victim. Well, there was fact that I was a victim. But if I'm a victim today, when no one's punching me in the face anymore, and I'm now an adult, and I can choose to stop drinking and drugging, I can choose to get a job and show up, I can choose to do these things. But if I'm a victim, then it's got to be someone's fault. This person's fired me, this whatever. Now, that's not the only problem, right? My mindset right. is not the only problem. There are legitimate challenges. I had to go through a lengthy court thing to get my life together. I had to get my license back. Like, you know, we have problems in every direction. Okay? Variables everywhere. Right. And society, I mean, to, to go macro again, society, like if we were to list the actual problems that are going on now, they are in every direction, all the systems, all the institutions, all the governance, the food supply, the environment. I mean, like, you know, the racial stuff we have, it, it is problems in every direction. Okay. If we could win at any one of those major ones, that would be amazing but it would be deeply incomplete because you just turn this way and it's a real problem too. And so when you look at society and you say it's deeply dysfunctional and there's everything to fix, you could go mad looking at that, right? But if we really look at it and we go, well, what is society made up of? Well, it's actually made up of people. Right. And if people can't or won't change, we're in deep, deep, deep trouble. Like we could be the generation that literally extincts our planet, totally lets down the 2000 generations, 2000, uh, uh, you know, uh, centuries before us of people that have been struggling and working to build what we have today. We could be the generation that messes that up and catastrophically damages our planet bad enough to, to mess it up if we can't change, right? So there's a thing that I like to talk about called core problems, right? Not all problems are the same. Not all problems are the same weight. Let's, we've been talking about addiction. We'll, we'll take it to an addict for a second, right? An addict has problems in every direction, right? They just lost their job. They're getting a divorce. They're losing their children. They have DUIs. They can't drive anymore. Right? I could list the problems out. Like maybe they're going right. to jail. They've got a court case coming up. There's like, it's just problem, problem, problem. The delusion of that person is the solution today is to go to the bar. I need to get to the bar to feel better because my life is disastrous, right? It's horrible in every direction. What is an intervention? It is when more sane people come to a broken down human and go, you're an addict. Like, here's what's happening. And that is the core problem, right? And guess what? If you actually address that, which may or may not be easy, right? But if you actually address that, then you don't get any more DUIs. It's way easier to keep a job. The relationships in your life can become trustworthy and okay. You can start to rebuild and see your kids again. Whatever the, whatever the things are, that core problem is a way bigger deal than solving anyone, than just getting your license back or just whatever, right? So, uh, a, a simpler example than that is often a broken window in a house, right? You're in the dead of winter, it's freezing cold outside. You've got a huge gaping open hole window and you're like at the thermostat trying to turn the heat up or you're even at the fireplace trying to do the fire. The problem is not the fire or the thermostat. The problem is you have a big gaping hole window yeah. and you can't bring that system back to balance until you fix the window. So part of the problem here in society is that we're looking to fix this, fix that, fix the other, and it's like in every direction, and we're not looking where it really needs to change. And in our own personal lives, that's also the case. Because guess what? Somebody will hire a coach because they want to 
get a great body or they want to do this or they want to do that. But that's incomplete too. And here's why. You want the body, but you also want the money. And you right. also want the legacy and you also want the great relationship. And you also, if you're a parent, you want to be a great parent and you also want to be respected in your neighborhood. You want this and you want that. We tend to focus on the loudest thing that's the most painful right now. And somehow we tell ourselves, this is all we need to change. And then it'll yeah. all be fine. But then you get that, like you get the money, rich people. How often are rich people unhappy? All the time. All the time, right? Because yeah. that's not the only problem they have. They need mastery over themselves so they can change. So ultimately, what's the core solution to this? We need as people in our individual lives, and if we look at society, societally as well, we need the capability to meaningfully shift into a different level of self, right? A self that is functional, that has some degree of self-mastery, that is trying to actualize on the things that matter the most. And guess what that requires? It requires some meaningful way of transcending yourself to actually work on yourself and change it, right? If you can't do that, we're in, we're in deep, deep trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know which way to take this now. I guess I'll just ask maybe how, you know, so the way we view ourselves, because I think we could agree on that macro shift generally happens from the micro side of things. I, I take care of me, allowing me to be nicer to Rob or to mm -hmm. be, to have space to be able to help Rob when he's struggling or whatever, hold the water for people. Yeah. What does that look like as far as like for me? So you've, you've brought up the body image. I, I try to make sure that mine. Well, let's, let's go back to lenses. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, just, I, yeah, yeah. I want to get Take to it. Away. And I know, I know I didn't like land that plane. Right. So we, okay. see the, we see the problem of a lens. Like step one is figure out what are the limits that you have? If we're, if we can agree that changing you really matters, it really matters to give you what you want. And it probably even matters for the world. Right. So can we get on board that like, we need to, have the capacity to change. So what to, what's the beginning of that change, which is I think what you asked me a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. um, the beginning of that is you have to realize, do I have any of these lenses that are holding me back, right? And these are unconscious to you. They're literally built to be invisible. Another way to talk about their, they're down deep in your subconscious mind, right? So people are like, okay, I can't see my subconscious mind. What do I do? But you can see the reflection of your subconscious mind. You can see how it's affecting you. If I talk to people, we can get honest about, do you procrastinate like too much? Not, not like in a yes. way, but <laughs> too much, right? Do you say bad things to yourself in your head enough? All, you know, all the time. <laughs> do you maybe self-sabotage? Like, have you had a book you want to write for a long time and it's three years later and you haven't even begun yet? Um, do you know the 10 people you should call to get clients, but you've instead like messed with the drawer over here to get it organized? And, and yeah, I got to clean, man. <laughs> right? It's important. That drawer matters today. Like that's the thing, right? And so those moves are subtle because in the moment it does feel like we need to clean or it does feel, but we can get honest and go, no, 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 no. There's something here. Like I'm self-sabotaging, I'm procrastinating, I'm whatever. Those are happening, right? Uh, because you've got these lenses that are going on. That's, that's one big thing. So identifying those, you can do it yourself. I did it myself. I did, you know, th this can be done yourself. But a lot of times it's kind of like, and the example I use a lot is a, the best brain surgeon in the world is not going to be able to do brain surgery on himself very easily. Right? Right. Yeah. It's going to be very difficult to do that. So there's some things that we need outside assistance to get to. So it's not impossible to change your own lenses yourself, but it's often way easier if you go work with somebody. That's, sure. that's what the best therapy looks like. That's what a talented coach, I hope, would be able to do with you. Um, that's what this identity shifting work is about. It's truly about come in here, 
we have this process. You were talking about the process, like let's see where your limits are. Let's get you optimized so that you can not only put those down, but install really useful, amazing lenses. So what this does is this starts to habituate behaviors and ways of being. And, and so you think, you feel, and you behave differently. Um, an example I use is if I'm a loser and I'm really, really overweight, if my self-identity is I'm a loser, I fail at everything. Let's say that that's like a big sense of self that I've got going on. Well, how do you think that's going to show itself up as I'm trying to eat differently or I'm trying to work out or I'm trying to lose weight in some way, right? But if I change my identity into I am an athlete, and I'm not talking like affirmation, I'm talking like you really turn into, I may be 100 pounds overweight, but I'm an athlete. I'm an overweight athlete, but I'm an athlete. Well, that an athlete does different things, right? An athlete actually goes running or walking or moving, right? An athlete eats differently. They don't lose all their self-esteem. If they have cake at lunch, they just eat better later. They get back on the whatever. You know, they right. join group programs. They do whatever. All of a sudden through that, your thinking, your feeling, and your behaving can change because you've changed internally. And what's really important about this is most change out there that's coming from the experts is going to bring it back to willpower. We got to decide what to do and we got to use our will to do it. I'm not saying that's worthless. It's not at all worthless. It's an incredibly important skill to have and it's very, very useful. However, we only need willpower to do the things that aren't us yet, right? So like I don't identify, I don't have it habituated. So I have to use my willpower to do this thing that feels awkward and doesn't feel like me. But if I actually become the thing, like even using willpower, let's say I use willpower to become a runner. Once my identity clicks over, my subconscious changes and goes, oh, you're a runner now, right? Which feels out of our conscious control. Once it happens, it's weird if I don't run, right? Like, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's, I don't need willpower to run. I'm a runner. Like, it's time to go running. Where are my shoes? Put them on and I go. That's what shifting your identity is. And the difference is we're not doing that with willpower. We're going in and doing that uh, at a really effective, really fast subconscious level so that you can expose these lenses rewrite them, put in new ones and get there, you know, without willpower, uh, quickly, et cetera. Interesting. Is there any, when you work with people, is there any fight back or fights, fights, not the right word, but any resistance to apparently series popping up on me? Uh, <laughs> is there any, um, resistance from the people you're working with of going like, well, how do I do that? Or it feels like I'm lying to myself. Like one of my shows with affirmations, and it's not even that like I don't believe that they're they're efficient or can can't work. It's that a lot of times it feels like I'm lying to myself. And yeah, it's this it's this battle problem. back and that forth between like, you are good enough. No, I'm not. You are. And you're like, it, that feels like just more energy going out than like being productive. It's a so, it's an enormous problem. It is it's the problem with the secret, it's the problem with the law of attraction, it's the problem with all this, right? We can't, a, a, a crucial thing about self-mastery is, is some sense of honesty and real commitment to yourself about real things. It actually doesn't matter how big that real thing is. So if I set a commitment to myself, like I'm going to move these books over here and that's all I do, I at least can check off I've done what I said I'm going to do. Like there's some sure. consistency. I, and the, the reason that I say that, let me, let me go to affirmations for a second. It is not about going, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire. That is going to feel like a lie. And I, I don't mean to call you out, but you said I put the check on the mirror. Yeah. That's, that doesn't feel real. That's not real. Nobody's right. buying that inside. That's the check you don't have yet. 
you're actually seeing that and your system knows that's the chick I don't have. That's what I'm trying to become. It's not about becoming in the future. It's about being now. So okay. what we're talking yeah. about here is, let's say we're just going to choose affirmations. All right. Um, we actually put these in the head. So it's not necessarily about affirmation, but there's a process where we actually pattern these into the subconscious. Okay. But let's, let's just talk about affirmations for a second. It is way more about it being useful and honest rather than it being hugely aspirational and untrue. Okay. So if I say to myself, and let's say I'm not a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. That's actually eroding anything really <laughs> meaningful in me. All right. And okay. it's going to do, I'm so glad you brought it up. I've never heard it said exactly the way you said it. It's like, it almost feels like it's more energy, right? There's, there's, it's like, there's some resistance. You don't believe it. It, it feels kind of crappy in the moment. I think that's when a lot of people will quit affirmations when that kind of happens. Like, this, this isn't it at all, right? Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> so, so what we have to do is we have to ex expose the lack of truth of the negative thing first, okay? That's deeply meaningful. Like that has to be exposed as maybe it's been true at a time. Maybe there's an example of it, but it's not universally true, okay? If we can do that, that shakes up the, the ground that that core thing of let's say I'm not enough or whatever sits on. It's like sometimes I feel like I'm not enough. Like, okay, let's start, start chipping away at that lens. So it's not completely invisible to us. I could take on, Hey, I'm wearing that lens again. Hey, right. And there's really specific ways that we go in and do this ultimately. And this is about honestly in the program, it's like week two or week three, everybody has this huge epiphany where they see all of their lenses. They all seem ridiculous. And they're like, Oh, that's absurd. Like, why have I been doing that? So it, it does just happen like a combustion at that point. Where people are just like, Oh, son again. of a bitch. Yeah. A real deep understanding of what you're doing becomes obvious and you don't ever do it again. Now we start to put useful, not absurd and, un and lying ones, but useful mindsets in that actually help you and are really easy to take on because they are true. So instead of I am a millionaire, how about I love when I grow my money? right? You're not a millionaire. You're a liar if you say that, but you, I bet it's true that you love when you grow your money. Yeah. So it's a way more useful thing to focus on than I'm a loser who has no money, right? Because look, your attention is a place. Every thought that you're thinking is your attention going to another imaginary place, right? And so if we're, it, it's not useful to leave it in that really negative space of I'm not enough, this money isn't good. Like if I leave it there, if I, if I can't have self-mastery of my own attention, if I can't author what my attention is doing to any degree, I'm lost in thought. I can't even manage, then the news is on, then my goals come up and then I'm supposed to do this thing and then my partner's upset with me and then this and then that, right? But if I can hone some self-mastery and go, whoa, 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 I see what I'm doing there. Let's, it's just not useful to be there. Let me move my attention to, I love when I grow my wealth, right? I love when I take action. I like making sales calls, you know, or I like, I like the result of making sales calls, whatever. But that honing, that choice of what you're putting in is very custom to each person. And it's really important that you get it right. Because if you mess it up, it's either going to fall flat and not be meaningful and inspiring, or it's going to be a lie and it's going to mess up your self-confidence and, 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 you know, any real sense of self that we're trying to build up. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that, you know, it's funny, like we did the check thing and like, we kind of joked about it, but I get the purpose, like the idea of like, oh, we got to shift our thinking. You can't keep thinking about $10 when you're trying to be, you know, we, but I also see what you're saying where it's like, you don't, you're not a millionaire yet, but you can say that, okay, I, I will enjoy this or I do enjoy this. And, and I can see the true value in that. 
Um, it is, it, it always has been, I think I'm, I guess I'm like the owl where I, I am super analytical. Uh, I, I can be impulsive, but generally I've thought about every consequence that you could possibly ever think about with certain things. And I go, all right, I'm, I'm ready to handle these consequences or whatever. But in me personally, uh, I've struggled. I've never been diagnosed, but I've def, I definitely struggle with binge eating. Um, I've, I've always kind of looked the soft part. Like I'm the dude that's got the muscles, but like mm-hmm. he's still pretty soft. So my, my nutrition, I've struggled with that. Um, I've struggled with, I've always, this, in spite of a lot of my limiting beliefs, I found some pretty solid success. Like where people will go, oh, that's comfortable living. Like, you know, but to me, I'm like, you kind of, there's like that gut in there and you're like, I like what I'm doing, but this isn't, this isn't what serves me. What do I get excited about? I get excited about what we're talking about right now. And I'm like, yeah. oh dude, you start seeing people's faces light up and you're like, what? And you're like, that's what we're talking about. Like now let's go squat. You know, yeah. it's, it's never about the squat. It's about all the symbolism behind that and what's really operating, the, what's the software that we're operating with. So for me, that makes a lot more sense because I try to be as you know, practical as possible. Where I'm like, all right, I get what the check symbolizes. I know I probably need to feel a little bit more like, I need to have that belief that I will get there. I am there. Act like you, you are there. But I also just feel like, no, no, no. Can I, yeah, can but I, I'm not. I let, need me get, to, let me I, get in there. Let me get in there. Yeah, for a second. I love it. Yeah, let's do it. There is no there. There's no there. There's no such thing. There's no there. You're here. You're always here. If you don't actually feel successful now, you are patterning in a way of being that is, I am not there yet. I am not successful yet. So, so like, let's, let's keep on this check thing because it came up. If I were to meditate and people do visualization or, you know, whatever it is, the idea, it's my understanding is, Put yourself, feel what it would feel like to have that experience where I think that's not Jim meditation. Was it. That is not meditation. But, but like, if I were to sit calmly, I'm, I'm trying to get this right. If, yeah. if what Jim Carrey does has a story, right? Where I don't know, I wrote that check to myself. I'm convinced this is where everybody got this thing from, right? In the check. But if you close your eyes and you can put yourself into the feeling of having that check, is that what you're talking about? Nope. Uh, no, okay. Although that that is not that is not not something that I do later. Okay. That needs a certain way of being first. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So um, this is how you can pattern in being bigger and growing. Okay. Uh, but it's not that simple. And when we do it in a broken self first, and we're putting that on top, it actually breaks things worse. Fair enough. That, that makes total sense to me. I think that's intuitively where I've always had that like internal battle of like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it, like it makes sense to me in some level, but at the same time, like how do you, how does it like the well, secret, the, the secret's a feel about, good thing. But, but, the difference, yeah. but the difference too about being there or not, I would guess, and I haven't really heard Jim Carrey go into it, but I would guess that he was able to actually believe that he already had it. Yeah. Right. And so the difference between that and this is it, this is going to sound a little too much like the secret for my comfort, because um, while some of that is really important, a lot of it misses quite a bit. Right. It's really important that we get this. Um, when I say there is no there, let, let me I'll give a story to this for a second. And, and this isn't the whole thing either, but it's, a, it's an important part. I call it the story of Steve. Right. So I want you to imagine you got this really great buddy, Steve, and he's like, ah, oh, Brian, I can't wait 
to have dinner with you. Uh, can we do tomorrow night at seven? And you're like, absolutely. Let's say we could still go to restaurants or whatever. Like, you know, uh, I'll meet you at the restaurant tomorrow at seven. You're like, fantastic. You go to the restaurant and you wait. Seven o'clock comes, there's no Steve. 7.05 comes, there's no Steve. Uh, seven, you know, 30 comes, there's no Steve. You're like, I guess I'll eat. You have a, a meal. Maybe you're a little embarrassed. feels weird to be there alone, whatever. No even call, no text, no nothing from Steve. The next day, Steve calls you up. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't believe I did that to you. Um, look, it, let's, let's meet later today, 7.30 tonight. Can we, same place, let's go. So you go back, same place. You're waiting. Steve doesn't show up again. Steve doesn't show up again. Steve doesn't show up again, right? All of a sudden, the next day, he calls you back. He's like, dude, I'm so sorry. You have no idea what came up. I, I meant to call you, but I forgot, whatever. It happens again. Then it happens again. I want to ask you, how long are you going to keep going back and trusting Steve? Yeah, not, it's going to be a short not, period of time. <laughs> not very long. It's going to be a couple times. Maybe, you know, the, the best of us, it might be six times, and that's, that's uh, the wrong use of best, right? That's, that's right. Uh, the dumbest of us, maybe, is, is, is going back <laughs> that many times or whatever. Because what's happening is you're not believing Steve. Like, there's a, you might be angry at him. You might be sad for mm -hmm. him. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could feel about that, but there's a, la a, a deep lack of trust there, okay? Yeah. So Steve becomes like, you're full of crap, right? Now, in our own life, what we end up doing is we're looking at all these problems. We've talked about a lot of the problems and we go through and we start to make little commitments to ourselves, right? We go, I'm going to do my taxes today. I got to straighten that up. I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do that big business thing and whatever. And we're making these commitments to ourselves. And as we don't do them because we procrastinate or because we can't do whatever, we're breaking down psychologically and very subtly the promises to ourselves, right? I'm not that. I didn't do that. That's not true, whatever. And we start getting to a place where from a self-confidence level, I don't even believe what I'm telling myself about yeah. myself, right? I can't. Interesting. Right? And so just like we would hate Steve because he's not showing up, we start to hate ourselves because we're not showing up for ourselves. We don't believe ourselves. We do this. Then we might over defend and, and with other people, but we'll notice, man, we're, it's hard to show up even for other people or whatever, mm -hmm. right? So getting real about what we do, and we'll come back to secret type stuff in a second, but like what is it at the core of some self-mastery, if we go back to that, is can you have the ability to decide what of all these things? You're not gonna get it all done, certainly not today, right? What is realistic? Like how good are you at picking? How much could I really do today? Understanding what today looks like, et cetera. Am I mature enough? Am I adult enough to go, I can't get to my taxes today. I can't do that. I can make one sales call. I'm maybe going to be able to do the wash and I'll start this thing, right? That's it. Make a little list and then begin to show up for that. As I show up for that, all of a sudden, I'm not feeling like Steve with myself. I'm starting to go, oh, wow, I've got, look at me. I can really do what I say I'm going to do. Look at this. Mm -hmm. Not only am I going to get the results of doing what I say I'm going to do, but I'm going to actually build up a sense of confidence also and an ability to manage complexity. Now I can actually do more stuff. I get better at this. It, it becomes easier. It gets habituated that I'm really my word. I start to get really good at knowing what I can and can't do. I say no. I build up a healthy no muscle because so many of us to be liked, we're yeah. like, sure, I'll do that. Sure, I'll do that. Sure, I'll do. And we're overwhelmed and we end up failing all over the place, right? Really, really bad, all this. So we're building up a real sense of self-mastery about what's real, what can I do? We're able to make sense of the world and show up. That's a person that can actually build a business. That's a person that could maybe be the mayor of a town. That's a person that could maybe be the leader of a country or something as we grow that capacity to manage our own stuff and manage ourselves. right? Fascinating. So when we get into the secret, <laughs> to loop it back to that, when we get into the secret and that stuff, 
If we're starting to make promises to ourselves that are full of shit, we are in a very deep problem with ourselves very quickly. If every day you're looking up and going, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, and then you look at your bank account and it's not, you're playing this game of Steve with yourself. Now you're fucking around. And it's not about that. That's why it's not about woo. It's not about magic. It's not about whatever. It's very much about you gaining self-mastery. It's very much about you cleaning up your fucking lenses. It's very much about you getting really clear on what's really going on here. This is why I want to stay away from woo, right? There's no magic, guys. There's no fucking magic. If you're waiting for magic, you're going to be waiting a long goddamn time. But there are proven, real psychological things, behavioral things, health things, real stuff we do. If I talk to you about health, we're not going to get into magic. There's a magic right. meaning <laughs> take. You're going to be like, here's the metabolic whatever. You got to eat this, stress in this way, rest that much. Like there's science on this shit. Are we done? Do we know it all? No, but we know a lot more than we did 100 years ago because this is, there's reality that we need to get here to, okay? And so we can't be in the woo space. We're not about, I'm going to be a millionaire. One day I'll feel good about myself. You got to feel good about yourself now. Here's how. Think of something you're grateful for. You'll change your state right away. But if you don't have any mastery of your thinking, which I said before, that wasn't meditation. What is meditation is you spending just a minute a day or something working with what is a thought and what is my sensation? When am I thinking and when am I not thinking? And do I have any agency over that? It is not playing some... Uh, recording of a visualized future and having you in some other fantasy, just like you might watch a Marvel movie or something. None of that is the practice of meditation, right? Right. The practice of meditation is gaining some self-mastery over your own attention. And I could say a lot more about this. Um, But if you can't have that, it's super important. So to back up, you said, is there a path to this? We've just talked about lenses and some unconscious things that could have you bad. That's only the unconscious. The conscious mind, there are some real tools of your conscious attention. Can you focus and leave it there? Can you stop a bad thought from happening? Do you know how to drop a thought and change a thought? If you can't do that, you're fucked. Do you know what your purpose is in the doing space? You're not going to care about something and do it enough unless you're really passionate. Because guess what? Doing things is hard. Sorry, doing things is hard. And to do the hard thing, if you think it's going to be fun every day, you're out of your fucking mind. And you're going to find out really soon that it's not fun every day right? So how do you connect to this and care about it? Well, hopefully it's pretty close to a passion of yours. Hopefully you've got it connected to a deep purpose that's meaningful for you. And then you do it over time, even when it's hard, because it's still meaningful in a way that matters. Now you can do bigger projects that matter. Now you can rehabituate yourself in ways where you're doing more right more of the time. And none of this is about perfection, by the way. This is all about just tending toward getting a little bit better and showing the fuck up right? Now, then you have all the relationship stuff. There's a whole set of relationship skills. Like, where are we being codependent? Where are we not knowing how to listen? Where are we doing the husband thing where I'm just telling you, but honey, all you got to do is blah, blah, blah. But we didn't even hear what her real emotional pain was. So we're talking with logic and she's talking with emotion and we're missing. (laughs) And she's like, how about you just shut the fuck up, dude? Like, I don't even, seriously. what are you talking about? Right? So if we don't have unconscious and conscious thought, to a new level, if we don't have behaviors and what we're doing in the world to a new level, if we don't have relationships and figuring that out to a new level, again, thoughts, emotions, behaviors, right? If we don't have any of that, then we're still the same fucked up person just in new challenging situations, messing around with other fucked up people that's fucking up the whole world, actually. Like, you know, if we do do that. But if we can begin back with unconscious, some conscious tools, some behavioral tools, some relational tools, all of a sudden now 
I can show up as a very different version of myself, a much more optimized, realistic, talented, focused human being that's badass and can actually get shit done. And, and by the way, the right things, because those become more clear once we get connected to purpose and we're not doing things just based on greed and looking good and all the other dumb shit that people do. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh yeah, dude. So this, this is, this is probably you. And I had a, a guest on a couple episodes back. Uh, her name is called, her name is Tara Miller. Uh, mm. She's, she's a um, um, SRT therapist. So she's like, I don't really care that much about your story. I care about what you're feeling and yeah. we're going to pause that we need to figure out where we are right now. Like, and, and that was like always those things of, I have a therapist back home. Uh, maybe off, we'll talk about that stuff some other time, but um, very similar. He never called it SRT, but he was very like, he'd let me go, go, go. And then all of a sudden he'd just be like, yeah, pretty much like, all right, yeah, let's stop right there. And like, let's figure out what the fuck you're actually feeling for a second. Like, right. What's actually going on. And, and so you calling that out, I've always had this, like just a little bit in, like I do it. Cause I'm like, I don't know, I guess it's working for a lot of people, but I've always been like, there's, it can't be that easy of like, Oh, right. Right. Check up. Oh, oh, there we go. There's a hundred thousand dollars for you. And I, I, why did you write a hundred? Why didn't you write a million? Because Why I got scared of five million, right? All right. Um, but it, it, it was <laughs> so it's, address it's, that lens instead of writing yeah. the check. All right. It's, yeah. yeah, and I and I appreciate you calling that out because I've never heard it put into language that way. And now I'm I'm gonna have to re-listen to this because I I will need to go back and kind of organize myself. And it's funny I I really felt like you were maybe I just need to work with you. Um. But like you're talking about, you, I fill out my calendar and then more often than not, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't get half the shit I needed done. I got to push this around. I feel like I didn't show up. I didn't get, I don't feel good. Yeah. And like, it's not that I didn't do good. It's so that there's a, there's a I version, still feel like shit. There's a version of you that can focus, get more clear about what those commitments are, why you're making some of those commitments, like all, all that stuff. Cut away the things that don't matter. Focus down on the, the core things that matter the most. Show up for those. Get results in those. Feel good about those. And, and trend in a completely different way. Right. Yeah. And, and what I'm here to tell you and that, you know, forget everybody likes what they do and everybody's selling something and whatever, but uh, you know, so many podcasts I'm on, they end up saying, man, whether it's on audio or after they're like, and how do I work? Like when, when am I working with you? What's going on? Everybody need this is human condition level shit. Right. This is not like you're somehow broken and like you oh everybody's dealing in. with that. This stuff. is yeah. everyone. This, yeah. is the, this is like the human. Like what are we doing? I'm too scared. I don't know how to make sense of the world. Like how what how am I effective? Like all this is core level shit. Like this is yeah. deeply I've always, important. I've always said like every it's like even when you uh, we joke around. Like if I go to therapy, I'm like I don't know. I'm going to talk about today. Usually those are my deepest like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Like I had nothing. I came out like tears. I'm like, fuck my life. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it is totally, everybody needs that at the very least sounding board, the non-emotional attachment for someone to go yeah, no, dude, you're fucked up and you're thinking about this one thing. And it's not like I'm telling you that you should think this way. I'm telling you that the way you're viewing it for yourself is not necessarily the healthiest for you. It's not going to get you moving forward. So to me, it's always, I always say like, there is somebody there for you to work with or talk to that can can give you the tough love. I feel like you just gave me tough love. You're like, mm. all right, let's just hold on. Let's call the bullshit. Let's move you forward. I like that. It, and to me, it's always like, 
find someone that you have that connection with where it's a safe enough space where you say everything you need to, but it's also safe enough space where they can go, uh-uh, that's, that's not how this is going to work. You need to take a d- deeper look. We need to go a little deeper. We need to maneuver. Yeah, but the, it's, in- it's more than that. So, so I, again, man, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to show my stuff, but like, I, no, I, do I, it, am, please. I, am, I am really deeply trying to take the position that in, in every profession, there is a bell curve of skill. So uh, talk about car mechanics or whatever. When I, I, you know, I don't know how, if everybody's familiar with the bell curve, but that's, let's say it's a, it's a skill level bell curve of car mechanics. Some little edge of the bell are really exceptional at what they do. Some huge amount are some form of average at what they do. And then sure. some form shouldn't be doing it at all. They're really bad, right? They're either corrupt or just untalented or whatever. Every profession is like that. Doctors, MDs, therapists, certainly coaches, right? right. And 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 so it is not just go find somebody who will give you tough love. Like this is the stuff that I'm doing is is very very profound. It's very very different and it is very very foundational. So it is it is if you just go talk to any old therapist, they might give you tough love. They might you know, they might just get into the story of like why your mom did that to you when you were little. And that's finding the lens that might actually help you find the lens that you've taken on. Like, wow, I'm not enough. But what you'll find is 80, 90, 95% of the time that human therapist will get into an ongoing narrative of you of like relooking over and over and over. Well, this week, you know what that's because remember, because your mom, that's what happened when you were little. So that's why that happened last Tuesday. It'll be so bad that you'll start going to therapy thinking, how can I relate what happened this week to what my mom did to me so that I can report it so that we can, you get what I, I'm saying? So yeah, it's a continuation think, of the lens. It's just a yeah. continuation of the lens, right? Now, I'm not saying there aren't exceptional therapists. There really are. But the whole form of therapy is very much in this emotional realm. There's not a whole right. lot of like doing and what are your goals and all that. Coaching is way more about goals and, and all sure. that stuff, but often doesn't have the emotional stuff in, in there. So what I'm trying to do is blend all of that into a complete system that actually helps the human being deeply change who they are into another version that is profoundly different and meaningful and that it's permanent change that sticks it's not a game of willpower it really is a shift that is like holy crap i'm on the other side of this and that's not just found in somebody who's earnestly challenging you on bullshit that you're saying in that moment that's important but it's not i I guess when i say when i say stuff like tough love i've had therapists where we do go only back to like Oh, your childhood this, and you're like, and then you you're right. You come out of that going, huh? I don't know that that flower is green. I wonder why that my mom yeah. did that to me. <laughs> yeah. But the tough love part comes from like a, listen, we can take it all the way back here, but it's the ability for some therapists don't have the ability or the confidence to go stop, yeah. just stop. This that's that is a story that is part of that lens that we need we should be aware of or you know whatever however we want to phrase that. Yeah. But that does not have to be the defining thing of the next 10 years of your life. Yeah, or, it's a story. And, and, and so that was uh, Tara Miller, one of the guests I had on. She, it, it's nervous system based. Mm-hmm. As much as I care about you as a human, the story is just a story. I'm worried about where's, where's the nervous system spike to? How do we regulate? And then we keep building that on. Similar, it sounds very similar to what, what my, my therapist has done, what she talks about. And kind of that's where I get the tough love from. The ability to look at me and go, uh-uh, just let's pause for a second, right where you're at. Yeah. Let's take inventory of what's going on right now. So we can make that potential shift change the lens at this point. Yeah. Um, there is one thing I want to, I heard you talk about this at some point, maybe we can mesh this together. Um, the fear of 
the fear of failure and the fear of success. Uh, and how we put those two things together, and I know the, 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 the two rules of like the world's not safe and not being good enough, right? So we've got these two things and how we go from fear to failure, we maneuver that, we shift, but then we have the other side of it going fear of success. And I've, I've always struggled about it. I've heard you talk about fear of success and it was the first time that I went, that's what fear of success actually means to me. Mm. Like where it's, there's more responsibility. There's, what if I don't get this right? It's showing up for other people. What if I spread my, all of these things come together. Can you talk about maybe from those lenses? I don't know how we would mesh what we were just talking about into those things, but that is, those are two things that at least right now with self-help, all these things that we see show up all the time. You flip through Instagram, you got something about fear of failure or fear of success. It's, it's yeah. almost a guarantee. Yeah. Um, so maybe you can kind of talk about that in, in, for a second here. Sure. So it, it deeply relates to identity. Uh, and and uh, I think what's interesting about it is that fear of failure seems obvious, right? Like people want to succeed. Right. They're usually proud of talking about success. And certainly in this culture, other cultures are, are slightly different sometimes. But um, and so fear of failing in front of people is kind of obvious. It's like, I might be shunned. I don't want to trip when I'm trying to walk up to talk to the girl. Like, I, I don't want to fail at things. It's way better to succeed at things. And what I don't think a lot of people notice is that there's a ton of fear around succeeding as well. And, and so to your point, uh, I could be mapped where I really see success as man, just to make the hundred thousand that I make now, if I was going to build a business that made a million, how would I even do that? Like it's too yeah, complex right up? now, right? There's, uh, and this is different in different cultures, but uh, it's, it's very much here too. How, it's called tall poppy syndrome. Like if all of a sudden I'm that much more successful than my friends, my friends might not like me, right? Mm -hmm. And these things don't even necessarily have to be fully conscious. So there's a, there's a family system dynamic of this too. So if you grew up, and let's say your dad is like, well, that rich guy over there is just a pain and we're, we're kind of a pickup truck kind of family or whatever. <laughs> then you want to succeed and make money and wear a suit. You might be like embarrassed to be around your family in the suit yeah. or it's just different enough that they're making fun of you. Let's think about it this way. Losing weight. Let's say you're in a household that everybody's heavy. The parents are heavy. The kids are heavy, all that. The mom decides I'm going to get in shape. She works with you. She gets deeply in shape. She's strong. She's losing weight guess what? The family might just naturally, because they feel uncomfortable about themselves, they might start teasing her, shaming her, and they don't think it's that big a deal, but it really hits her hard. Like, yeah. I'm different. It's hard to hold this. So if you do really significant weight loss with people, the first part is losing the weight, which has eating and movement and all the different things necessary there. But the next thing is the emotional, like, can you hold on to being this version of yourself? right? Because if you're, you need to be strong in that because people are going to be like, gosh, you're skinny. And that might feel weird to you. Or it might be like, what happened? Like, oh, you're just a twink now. Or like, who knows what they're <laughs> going to say? Or the, the ones at home are going to be like, just eat ice cream with me. It used to be so fun. We eat ice cream because they want to feel okay about them eating the ice cream. So it becomes yeah. very difficult. So success is not only can be difficult, but it ends up being something that is really hard. So we have to normalize that. We have to actually be not only feel deeply successful with what we are now, but really have a vision of what realistic growth looks like and, and, and move through that in a way. And again, shifting your identity so that you can be the person that can be that, that can shut that stuff off, that those things don't have to matter to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are all in the game of how do you actually become profoundly better, different, higher results, all that. Now, some people are just wired. Some people are like, I hate this family. I want to make a ton more money. Screw them. I'm happy to be big. They don't have that same resistance. We all have our own custom code 
from how we are genetically, what we've been through in our life, all that stuff. And to your point, the stories that we're running in the background as lenses that are altering how we see, those can be cleaned up and all of a sudden you have a very different sense of self that can handle that, that has the capacity, quite literally, to hold more success, to be bigger, to surround yourself with more successful people and not feel less than, but all of a sudden, wow, of course I should be here, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. You just, you just triggered a bunch of stuff that happens for me where I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I can make more sense of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's and there's a ton around fear of failure as well too, but I, but I, I think that the subtle one that most people don't understand is they're resisting success and they can't see it. Right. So they end yeah, up comfortable. They end up normal. They end up in the familiar and it's just like, I, this is what I'm used to. This is the kind of house I can afford. This is the kind of car I deserve to drive. This is the kind of job I deserve to have. I don't really deserve to run my own business. And by the way, that might be scary and hard and I don't know how to do it and all that stuff. But I might be a wantrepreneur. I might be studying it. I might want to leave the corporate world one day. But if I'm not doing it, then I've not taken on that I am an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, man. I would say that's probably where I'm at right now. Because if you uh, are an entrepreneur, even if I took all your businesses away, you'd start another one. Like you'd go. Right. But if you're like, I'll begin one day. And once I have all the habits and once I know everything I should know, a real entrepreneur doesn't need to know shit. They're like, let's go do the fucking thing. I'll figure it out as I go. I'll hire the yeah. people. I'll do whatever. Right. I would say that's probably where I'm at. The, the entrepreneur, that version of, of that, almost probably every aspect of my life where I get to hear positive things from other people about me. Oh, you're yeah. You're good at this, blah, blah. And like, I'm like, yeah, I don't think you're wrong, but I'm not good enough, or I've got more to learn, or I've got more to do. And really, that's, I've never been able to define fear of um, um, success. success. Yeah. And like you said, fear of failure is obvious. Like, I mean, there's more to it, but like the low hanging fruit there is like, well, nobody wants to be rejected or not, you know, like these things. So, yeah, let's, let's speak into something for a second. I'm going to call yeah. you on a one more thing and then maybe we can, Please do. Uh, maybe we can begin to wind down. There's been a lot that we're going over. Yeah, hell yeah, the, the, you know, in a lot of directions in the way that you talk to me, it sounds like you, it, you're not there yet. You've got a yeah. sense of like, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to get the check that's on the mirror. Uh, my body's a little soft. I'm, I'm not quite the entrepreneur I want to be. So there's a sense of you of like, it's, it's wrong in every direction, right? Like it's not enough oh, yeah. in every direction. What's really going on there is this is what's not enough, right? Yep. So when you ask a person who it's, it's not enough, like this isn't enough, what I have is enough, that's, a, that's like a, a diamond that has facets in every direction. That not enough is I don't have, an, I don't have enough friends. I don't have enough money. My car isn't good enough. I'm not funny enough. I'm not attractive enough. My body isn't good enough. I don't eat well enough. I don't, right? So it's like in every yeah. direction, it seems complex. But what's going on there is how can you move your mind as, a, as just a first move to this is enough. I am enough. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't do that, more money won't fix it. The car won't fix it. The relationship won't, nothing out here is going to fix that because you've got that facet. You've got that lens sure. of not enough. The not enough has to go away. That is not a process that happens in time, right? That is a process that needs to be your capacity to do that now. I'm not saying you're not going to grow in time. You will, right? right. Their, their time is a thing that exists, but your experience of it, your subjective experience of it, you have to build the capacity to be that now. So 
What does gratitude look like? Can you meditate? Can you settle your mind? Can you start to do things in this moment where you actually take on, not as a mantra, but as an actual experience of being, what about this is enough? Can you move your attention to enoughness where instead of looking at your day at what didn't happen, looking at your day at what did happen. Instead of looking at, uh, you know, all the things that you don't have yet, what are the things that you do have, right? Like this kind of shift into enoughness is profoundly important. And if you can do that, you have a very different experience of life. If you do it for a day, it'll change the day. If you then stop doing it because your old patterns are easier, you need to get in and do some deeper work. But that's what has to change. Do you understand? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think that I, I'm, I... Because who gives a shit if your body's soft, dude? Who cares? Yeah, it, it's Who really, it's, right. It's, um, it's funny because I don't have any issue with you calling me out. Like I, I'll be the experiment for anybody at this point. Cause I get to probably progress to, you know, I get to grow myself when yeah. that's what I'm doing half of this stuff for. Um, so to me, like, it's funny because you're not telling me anything. I, I'm aware of that. And at the same time, like, you're not doing, uh, it. I don't, I don't like, yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is going on there? Uh, and I know that if I'm not doing it, so watch. Uh, let's we can, make, let's I can look out the, the next, window and pick that out. Let's make the next 10 seconds different. Okay. Yeah. You say you're not doing that, but that's a story mm -hmm. because you're going to do it right now. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think of three things that you're really grateful for right now. Okay. Think of another one. Try to feel the feeling of them. Right. And think of one more thing. I don't know if it's your wife. I don't know if it's your health. I don't know if it's that the sun came up this morning. I don't really care. But you move your attention to what you're grateful for. Now open up your eyes and tell me this honestly. And we're going to assume that you really did it. Like that's on the spot. You didn't know you were going to do it. Like let's, but if you really got into the sensation of like, I'm grateful for something. Can we agree that in that time, you weren't doing the I'm not enough thing? Oh yeah, I felt, felt like settled right where I'm at. It doesn't matter, like in that time, there was no such thing as I'm not enough, correct? Yeah. In that time. So you saying, I don't do this or whatever, is just the act of you not doing it in that moment. Love it. Okay. Okay? That's what I got for you today. I love it, dude. That's, that's been awesome. Uh, so we'll start wrapping this up here. Um, I feel like I could talk to you all the time. I'm going to just have a series here. Um, anything you're currently working on right now? Any launches, anything like that? I am putting out identity shifting and we're redoing some of the branding, but it is, it is all about identity shifting. Yeah. I love it. Good deal, man. It, this is uh, this is serious business. I, I, this is, this has been awesome for me. Um, where can people find you? They can go to robscott.com and they can find my podcast. They can find identity shifting. They can find all the stuff that I do. There's a ton of free tools and really good stuff there. Uh, yeah. Just go to robscott.com. Got it. I'll have it all linked to when I post on Instagram, all that stuff too. Uh, so Rob, man, this has been, Absolutely amazing. Uh, I look forward to hopefully growing a relationship together, um, especially since we're down the street from each other now. Um, but uh, the last question I always ask all my guests, um, in the end, what, uh, what will a life well done look like to you? I want to significantly change the world. I want to I profoundly uh, shift human consciousness and uh, get the individual and the collective to be running uh, a lot more um, wonderfully because we could really, we really could be on a planet that is, um, and we already are on a planet that's pretty damn amazing, but we could, yeah. all of the problems that we see 
are really, really solvable if we can figure out how to just get along and, and change ourselves in a meaningful way. And uh, we can do it. I mean, it's, it's right in front of us. So let's choose it. Hell yeah, man. I, I love yeah. it. Uh, hopefully, we'll, I'm, I'm, I would like to be battling that, that situation with you. So uh, awesome. thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, look forward to talking again. And um, this is awesome. Awesome. Appreciate the time with you, man. Thank you. Of course.